there comes a time when you have to take off your kitty pants and put on your dad pants. best dad you can be. That's what this podcast is about. And also, it's about what to expect when you suddenly realize you're going to be a dad. It's a, it's a long journey. Let's say that from the start, because when you find out that you're going to be a dad, you're going to be a dad for the rest of your life. So my name's Stu, and with me talking about dads and the experience of being a dad is Monty. Hi, Monty. Hi, Stu. How are you doing? I'm going, okay, thank you for asking. That's now, right. you're here because you're going to be a dad. I am. And I thought you might have some advice for me and we could go on this journey together. Yeah. Now, if, we're, if this were an American podcast, it'd probably be some sort of round of applause and, and whooping. Yeah. But I just thought, congratulations to you. Thanks, man. Yeah. So this is going to be a podcast series talking about Monty's journey to fatherhood. I'm going to answer any questions he has and try and give him some advice. We're going to talk to some other people about parenting and at times when maybe I can't provide all the answers, we have a panel of experts, the pants panel, who are going to come in and solve all the problems for us. They're experts really in dadness. A little bit about how you felt when you first found out you were going to be a father. My wife and I decided to start trying and then we had two months where it didn't work and we were like, it was the start of summer um, last year and we are pretty much ready to give up. And I was like, well, when I say give up, I was like, we were going to give up for the summer. We were like, screw it, we like drinking both of us too much, so let's give up for the summer and we're done. After two months? Yeah, well, we started at a bad time. We had... We had been talking about this for years and years and always going back and forth about when was the best time to do it because you'd have to miss out on nine months of drinking for my wife, <laughs> which is the truth. And so we were, we thought these last two months of the year, there's not much going on, we'll give it a go. Is she going to be happy with you talking about her priorities in that way? Yeah, I think it's fine. We just won't use her name. Wait. Don't know who she is, but either way. So um, we tried twice, didn't happen, we're like, I think you go through a range of emotions because I think immediately we were like, I'm a little older. I was 34 when we were trying. Mm. I was like, well, shit, no, we're done. Can't do it. It's not going to happen. Two months in, I'm like, this is it. <laughs> did you really think that? Yeah. I think, I think, I don't know if I did think that or if it was just kind of, it was in the, it was definitely there in my head. It's not going to happen. It was definitely in her head as well. Then we were thinking, okay, well, well, we'll stop over summer and we'll talk about it more and come back to it. And then one day I was, um, uh, hanging out, washing outside, and I walked in the house. My wife was holding something up. And I was like, what's that? What are you holding? And she said, a pregnancy test. And I said, oh, I wasn't going to do a pregnancy test. Yeah, we'll see what happens. And she's like, no, look at it. No, I've done it. Wow. And, yeah. And okay. I was like, Whoa. And, and it was just kind of like it's, it was, it's a weird feeling in the beginning too because it it's, it's surreal mm. in that it kind of I, I was dissociated from it. It was like, wow, my wife's pregnant but not thinking – I'm having a baby. Yeah. Wow, she's having a baby. <laughs> Good like, on you. Yeah, Congrats. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It was weird. Um, Did you have the thing that I had when I first heard that I was going to have a child? Because when I say I've got two kids, the my the oldest one is a stepson. Yeah. 
and so I, when I heard that I was having the the son that was biologically mine, what was your story? Did you have anything interesting like that happen? Well, it's it's he, the the thing that I can find the most confusing is the sense of surprise and and sort of your inability to believe that it's true when it's an outcome you're trying to achieve. Absolutely. <laughs> you're absolutely right. It's like we're trying to do this, but for some reason I'm shocked that it Yeah, happened. and when it happens, yeah. you're shocked. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. So, I mean, partly for me it's because it actually happened the first month we were trying. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, so maybe my shock was more about how fast it happened. Yeah. But my, it was still the majority of it felt like the shock of, oh, this is real. Isn't it funny? I think I think there's a difference between making that decision to try and it happening. That, that there is, you can go so far in your mind, yeah. but you can't go to that next bit. And it's like, I as soon as you find out, you're like, "Whoa, there's that next bit. I didn't expect that." I'll be interested to see whether that's a fairly common yeah. thing when people find out they're having kids. So, well, maybe when we have people on, we can ask them about yeah. uh, their first when they first found out and stuff. We might ask the pants panel that question. That's a good too. idea. It'd be good to put to the pants panel. But I, I, I personally thought the pants panel were going to be called the dad panel. Well, I was going for alliteration. Yeah, pants panel. That's good. Yeah. Dad Daniel doesn't work as well. Not so good. Yeah, so I um, I found out and um, I was shocked and kind of dissociated, but I was surprised because I thought my whole life when I found out I was going to have a child, I would be worried upset, not like like I, I would be scared almost, right. but not once after finding out was I ever scared. I was actually a weird sense of calm came over me and I was like, okay, this is what we're doing. I'm, I'm in this. This is what I'm going to do and I'm, I love it. And do you put that down to your personality generally or the fact that, you know, you're approaching mid-30s and this is happening? Well, I, it surprised me as I was saying. I thought I would, I thought I was going to, I thought it was going to be nine months of kind of, nervousness and scaredness mm. and stuff, but it, it hasn't been that at all. It's actually been like, oh, I can't wait. This is really good. I'm really, I'm ready. I'm excited. It could have been the age thing, but but I think, it, no, I, I surprised myself, I think. So why are we doing a podcast about this? What, what do you want to achieve here with all this? I want to learn a bit more for myself, but I also want to educate guys out there and, and, and let people know that there's um, there's room to talk about being a dad and there's lots of elements to it that I'm going to find out about. And things we can talk about. There's, there's, you know, I want to know how to deal with when when she first goes to high school and you know meets boys. I want to deal with that first time mm. she goes to. It's um, probably a, a later down the track, but yeah, yeah. But like, there's it's there's all encompassing, and I want to be able to talk about it with lots of other guys. And I want other guys to bring their questions. And I want to be able to talk about just yeah. being a dad. And and you know, I want to go to heavy things, but I also want to go to light things. Uh, apart from sort of chart your journey and and kind of answer questions and talk about issues around being a father. I just think there are elements of fatherhood we can celebrate. Absolutely. You know, lawns, the appreciation of a good lawn. Something the pants pal and I associate with dadness is uh, regularly checking your internet speed. Love it. Like it's like it's an issue that you need to keep right on top of. Two of my um, dad mates when they first, when I was telling them I, I was going to have a kid, they were like, that's great, we should start talking about um, uh Hedge trimmers, not not hedge trimmers, uh, whippersnippers. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, you'll know. Yeah. I was like, and then soon I found myself in Bunnings looking for a whippersnipper. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, yeah, we told you. So I think the other one you can change out from checking internet speed is uh, if you have solar panels on your house, checking yeah. how much energy you've generated That's that day. That's fair. I'm a lot more concerned about the bins than I used to be. 
Oh, yeah, go on. Tell yeah. us more about Well, just that. like putting the right stuff in each one and making sure they're out at the right time and, and eyeing other people's bins off. Seeing, oh, what you do know, you mean? Well, they haven't put theirs out <laughs> properly on the on the street. Properly on the street's one, but, no, my area's pretty good for that, but more like, yeah, my bin's got, a, you know, a bit of a wonky wheel. I wonder why that guy's bin's not got a wonky wheel, you know. Maybe I should steal this bin. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know if that's good. But just pay, I think I found myself paying more attention to House-related bin stuff. Okay, fair yeah, yeah. And do you think the uh, trying to make sure that you're definitely putting the right things in the right bins is about wanting to preserve the planet now that your uh, progeny is going to be on it? Yeah, that must be, yeah, there must be a bit of that, the progeny planet kind of vibe. There's a bit of alliteration for you, progeny planet. I noticed too a lot of things changed in my view of stuff. Um, this will help with some of this stuff is that I know I'm having a baby girl. Mm. So that's why I can up some of these views. So so just after I found out there was a lot of stuff in the newspapers about how private school boys were treating girls yeah. and, and what was going on in Parliament, I found myself paying a lot more attention to that than I, I would have before. And really? Yeah. Okay. So if I can read between the lines there. Go on. Do you feel that the fact that you're having a girl could help potentially make you a better person wow. than if you maybe were having a boy where you might just go, well, I don't okay. need to learn anything new or or adjust my viewpoint at all. I'm just going to teach them what I know. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it can make me be a better person and will make me make some different choices and make sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and um Try and make people around me be better too. Just try and, in general, be better. You don't have to look me in the eyes so uh, distinctly when you say that. I'm doing my best. You're doing pretty good. Yeah. So, Monty, it's time to bring them out. The Pants Panel. This is a panel of dad experts who we turn to for dad wisdom. They're the oracles of fatherhood, the professors of paternity, the sages of stewardship. And I was going to say the three wise men, but that might upset some sensitive religious folks, so I'll just say their names. Firstly, there is Matt. Hello, Matt. Hello. Matt has two daughters who are 12 and 9. Correct. And then there is Rich. Hello, Rich. Good evening. Rich has a daughter and a son, and his daughter's five, and his son is three. Also correct. Oh, good. I'm going well here. And then there is Ben. Good evening. Who we will try to call Ben, but we'll probably call Wigo immediately, and you'll get confused who we're talking about. But he has... Four children, just to alpha all the rest of us by doubling our <laughs> output. Uh, and the age range there, from youngest at four to oldest being, we go? We'll be 20 in October. Ooh. Quite the span. How does your kid being two decades old make you feel? Old, um, but <laughs> she's pretty awesome, so proud as well. Oh. That's lovely. Nice. That's lovely. <laughs> All right, so Pants Panel, meet Monty. Hey, guys. Hi, Monts. Hi, Monty. Hello, friends. Monty is about to go on this journey that we've all been on, and so we're here to help and guide. So I guess the first thing, really, is 
what does being a dad mean? So any of you guys got any thoughts about what being a dad really means that we can impart to Monty there? Well, I mean, Monty, you're due to become a father in a, in a month or so, is that correct? That is correct. So the, the first thing you, you will do, especially when, when your partner goes into labour, is just get out of the way, really. <laughs> you just don't do anything. You just get ordered about, you follow directions, and that is your job. Yeah. Okay. I can handle that, I think. I think. I think that's one of the best pieces of advice any new parent, sorry, any new dad can be given. Yeah, don't that, give uh, that to the mother. Don't, don't say no. <laughs> <laughs> it is good advice, but what's the alternative that he goes in there and takes charge? Well, it has been done. I think that that's, uh, yeah, that's something which is a, a pitfall that is almost uh, recommended during some birthing classes and things like that. We find that people will come out with, you know, this is these are some of the these are some of the massage techniques. This is some of the things you should be doing. The conversation, you know, make sure you've got the this right. and that and the other. However, I think that and I I don't want to jump the gun here, but from my experience, it was just all about exactly what Matthew said: stay the fuck out of the way and be quiet, because essentially the um, yeah the last thing that. Uh, my partner wanted was to have anyone touching her, anyone near her, anyone talking to her for the entire labour process. So that was literally I was sitting outside of the the bathroom, just kind of sticking my head around the door occasionally, seeing how she was doing, and that was pretty much it. It's, it's a wow. pretty cruisy time. Monty's pretty used to people treating him like that, so that's yeah. that's pretty all right, I think, isn't it? Is he used to people sticking their heads around the toilet yeah. door, checking if he's all right? Yeah. I told you to stop coming to my house, Stu. <laughs> Good luck, buddy. We're all counting on you. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's the same thing. It's, uh, oh, we've got a plan. And, uh, oh, so would you like me to put on the birthing playlist now? That was a yep. suggestion made. And I didn't get a verbal response, just a, a, a look which suggested Not a sit good down one. on the beanbag and wait until we call you. What's a good couple of tunes for a birthing playlist? I think Warren's Cherry Pie is probably the number one pick. Yeah. Yeah, a bit of Cannibal Corpse. Yeah, Cannibal Corpse. Cannibal Corpse is good. Yeah, yeah, always good. When we worked, actually, when we did walk into the birthing suite, there was um, blaring over the sound system in the maternity ward uh, was Turning Japanese. And that was. Absolutely. I see your picture. I see your picture. I see your picture. And my wife was just like, I don't care what you do, just turn that fucking music off. It was just, like, it was just so grating and irritating. So there's one not to put yep. on your playlist. Yep. Um, you could be funny. You could be, oh, here's one. Get it and put, like, push it by salt and pepper nice. on there. That'd be funny. Yeah, yeah that's good. Yeah. Is it an opportunity if your wife likes a song that you hate to. Time your playlist so that it happens relatively around the time the baby's coming, so she'll forevermore associate that with a lot of pain and not want to play it. Ooh. Wow, that a Pavlovian response. Kind of, yeah, that's, yeah, it's one of yeah. your better suggestions, Stu. I think. That's, uh... Thank you. I've peaked early. 
I was waiting for Anya to be yours, Stu. <laughs> Bit of Sail Away. Or... Yeah. I've been listening to that Rasputin song a lot lately. Oh, is that? Yeah. Oh, yes. Boney M, Rasputin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Bit of that. Okay. There's never a bad time for Boney M. I think we can all agree. No, right. <laughs> Disco is back. That was my nickname in high school too. <laughs> Your wife is probably going to want to hear about Russia's greatest sex machine or yeah. love machine, sorry. That's, yeah. Yeah. Contrary to being out of the way, my my job when my wife was going through labour was to be there to squeeze or punch. Oh, okay. No, Quite you were being squeezed or punched. Or punched, yeah. I think you should clarify yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Stuart. You yeah, weren't yeah. going to punch okay. her in the back of the yeah, head. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like, wow, right. what did she that. want? Yeah, yeah, well, God. Well, she did. Also, I didn't know there was squeezing involved. Is that how it happens? Do I have to squeeze her? Hold me. Now punch well, me. No, no. Way. <laughs> no yeah, it's not that manual. On your part, don't worry. Good, good. No, I. Uh, she did ask me to knock her out with a chair, quite legitimately, at one point because she asked for drugs too late. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, I learnt about that in my recent birth classes. You can ask too late, hey? That's absolutely that would suck a bit. Yes. Well, just to just to give you uh, a little bit of insight into what happened when my second child was born, my wife asked for drugs. Uh, well. Within the uh, proper time period, but um, there didn't seem to be a doctor available to actually give them to her. Oh, okay. In a hospital? In a hospital, (laughs) correct. Uh, He was off doing something else at that particular time and just so happened to make it. Yeah. But then couldn't actually find the right uh, spinal uh, positioning. And yeah, it got uh, it got real interesting. So just keep that in mind as well, Monty. So you may want to just, just smack the big red button early, <laughs> the one that yeah. says "Give me the drugs." Yeah, yeah drugs. smack uh, that it's button not, as soon as you walk in the door. It's not something they tell you in the birthing class, but to go in and say, "Are there any doctors here yeah. today?" Yeah, probably, probably good maybe move, a yeah. good good yeah. idea. Well, it was the anaesthetist that was the issue. I like the idea of him downstairs playing air hockey and no one's thought to look in the <laughs> recreation room. That was, a, that was a really interesting part of the whole experience, though, was the minimal interaction with doctors. Like, we basically... Mm. Was it mainly receptionist-based? Well, no, it was all, it was all the midwives. So, you know, it was all... Yeah, midwives, so we, yeah. Didn't see, we didn't see any doctors at all, I don't think. Or maybe I think that Tony might have been um, examined afterwards and then... We had like the audiologist with the hearing check and stuff like that, but other than that, we had no doctors whatsoever involved in the in the process. It was all well, that, midwives. That sounds good. That sounds like a good. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah that, I like this. Absolutely, yeah. It was, this isn't a complaint at all. I think that, but we were we were incredibly lucky in that situation that we were able to do that without any intervention, of course. But um, it's, I think still, it's, it's good. I think they were still there in the background, but was, there was just no need for it, so we didn't see them. So it wasn't quite what I was expecting, but yeah, it was a good thing. Definitely. Um, just to just to uh, uh, go on again with the you are there to be punched or squeezed. My wife and we, we might get in a bit more detail with with things during pregnancy, but for some reason my wife asked me to grow a beard when she was pregnant the first time, um, and I realised pretty quick into the delivery that I think her reasoning for doing that was so she could grab onto it and twist oh. while she was going through contractions. Oh, wow. Better your beard than yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, can I can if I bring you... up? So that brings me to something that's happened. Hey, hang on, before you move on, 
Is, isn't there's probably more to be kind of worked out there, isn't there? Like, why why a beard particularly? Why not uh, just pull your arm hairs or something? You know. Have you ever tried to grab a handful of arm hairs? Have you seen Matt's arm hairs? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm very fair. You're well, well, well spotted, Wigo. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm very fair. I don't. I wouldn't have the the arm hairs to grow. Not very. I'm not a very hairy individual. No, not much chest hair going on. So right. maybe that's why. I, I think that's intriguing. Yeah. With that in mind, so that's something that that changed during your pregnancy. She asked you to grow a beard, and then it turned out with that scenario. <laughs> something that's happened with my wife recently that you know is a new pregnancy thing is. This week only it started, she wants to only watch best film Oscar-nominated movies. She's never wanted this in her life. Do you think somehow this will come back to haunt me on the, on the birthday? Will she start reciting lines from Nomad Land at me? It, like, what, what, what does that mean? Is she going to ask you trivia questions while she's giving birth? Maybe. Maybe that's it. I don't know how that would help her. What, what sort of gear would she watch ordinarily then? Is it is it just a, essentially a step up in quality and we're, um, we're striving for excellence now? I, there's no, been no real desire to watch films in the past till pregnancy. Yeah, well, I can't bloody blame her. Film, film industry's gone to shit, isn't it? Biggest movies of this year, Mortal Kombat and... Seen it, loved it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Godzilla vs. Kong. Seen it, loved it. Fine. Yeah, stupid, stupid movie. But that's Great. that's they're the biggest biggest films this year, though. Like that's yeah. Anyway, uh, separate separate podcast. That not like Nomadland, that kind of artsy one that won the thing. Are you just talking about? Like, yeah, well, well, successful in terms of money. Yeah, yeah. Oh, successful money wise, are they? Wow. All right, man, I should see them. Not art house pregnancy film. Turn, didn't it? Yes, this yeah. just took a quite film related turn. That was my fault. I, I apologize. So, so maybe during maybe what you've got out of this podcast so far is during the delivery, just start talking to everyone about films, the midwives, and hey, what, what, did, you, what did you think of No Midland? Have you seen it? Maybe that'll take her mind off it. Yeah, 2012 yeah, Argo. That's good. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's some of yeah. some of his best work. The King's Speech, how did that win Best Oscar? I'm not quite sure. Let's talk about that. Over the social network? Godfather or Godfather 2? Which one do you really think was more deserving? There we go. These are all really practical tips. Now, bringing it back to dadness a little bit, the concept of dadness, is there something specific you guys feel you can get across to Monty about prepping to be a dad? Hmm. Can I just offer something up? It's uh, being a dad. It's it's no longer about you. It's about pretty much everyone else. Uh, yeah. And the last vestige of <laughs> anything being about me as a you know as a person was when my wife was going to labour with our third child or with my third child. Was that they were prepping her in the in the room because she was going in to have a Caesar, and they put in the cannula. And I got faint, so right. they actually sent in five nurses to deal with me <laughs> while she laid there about to get cut open, and everyone basically forgot about her because I fell over. <laughs> yeah. And she was looking so, for a doctor. They couldn't find any because they were carrying you out. <laughs> exactly. And that was the last time it was all about me. Wow. And my timing couldn't have been better. Wow. Uh, but there's my offering to you, Monty. Thank uh, you. It's no longer about you. 
Thank you. That's great to hear. Mm. Um, five nurses. That's a lot of nurses. Yeah. Mm. Ben, ben is 6'5". Yeah. Oh, okay. That, that helps to know that. Yeah, okay. I understand. Wow. Well, they just didn't have particularly brittle nurses at that hospital that day. Yeah, I, I think, Monty, the, the thing... Yes, it's no longer about you, but uh, I think what you, what you need to avoid, something to avoid rather than something to do, is don't brag to people about doing bugger all, I guess. Ooh, okay. Because nothing is more annoying than, than a, a new dad, and, and this is a, a, a true tale of a new dad saying to his wife, you know what, I'm going to go and sleep in the spare room to give you your space at this time so you can feed yeah. our child in the middle of the night without me in the way. I think we do need that clarification Ooh. there, Matthew, that when you were saying stay out of the way, that is purely for the birthing process, not for the child-rearing yes. process. Once it's out, that is all hands-on constantly. Back. back in the Constantly. Room. Yeah, and you don't, you don't get credit or you shouldn't no. be claiming credit for changing nope. nappies. You shouldn't be claiming credit for anything. You, you have to be, especially the first... I don't know, six weeks uh, at least, it is. it has to be a unit because otherwise things get very brittle very quickly. Yeah, you can't be in another room getting a solid eight hours sleep. <laughs> no, sure. <laughs> otherwise you will be hated. Yes, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think oh, sleep oh. is probably the big thing that you will, even if you, you know, I'm, I've never been a particularly good sleeper. However, there's something incredibly disturbing about the lack of sleep under a, a newborn. Um, and our first one, yes. we were incredibly lucky. She was she was a wonderful sleeper. And, and even then, it was still quite tough going. Our second one was an absolute nightmare. Yeah. And you, you also get like a crazy like surge of adrenaline. I, I don't know about you guys, but I found that one of the hardest things was people come to visit all the time uh, with popping in or everyone you speak to wants to ask you about the birth. And I felt that every time I spoke about it, I got like a charge of adrenaline, which is not good if you need to sleep from as much as possible. Can I ask mm. about the sleep? It's interesting. Um, I was discussing that with my wife today. Everyone says to me, you know, you're going to have a lack of sleep, and I understand that that seems to be exactly what's going to happen. But is it a, is it a lack of sleep in that I don't get like a big long sleep? Is, or is it like do you sleep lots of little bits? How does the sleeping work with a new baby? Great question. So, Monty, I would. I was thinking about this earlier, actually, and it's not that you don't want to sleep or it's not that you can't sleep or it's not that you're not getting... Uh, like, you'll probably get maybe an hour <laughs> at a time yeah. and even if you get up and, and go to feed the baby, your wife may will still be awake in the other room. Yeah, sure. So... One of you will always have one eye open for that first period of time, yeah. which makes that sleep time really yeah, difficult. Okay. There will be times when one of you is just going to basically yep. pass out. Yeah, yeah. There's the going to sleep, and then there's just losing consciousness yeah. for a couple. And of that's hours. exactly. And I think that's exactly right. I think that you get to the stage where, and as I say, with our second one, it was the matter of he would only sleep in a certain position, which nine times out of ten, and I'm sure most people. Be, are in a similar position will be when you are upright 
and he is in the most <laughs> uncomfortable. Sure. Your your shoulder is cramping, and you're sitting there, and you're like, and eventually you sit down, and that might be after you know a good length of time, half an hour, forty minutes. You sit down, mm. and he might stay down, and then, but then from there you'll close your eyes, and then as soon as you close your eyes, it's almost like they. I think that it's it's almost the rhythms between the baby and the parents just are completely out. So you've got your 40-minute sleep cycles, and these will go for – these don't follow that kind of set path yet. Sure. And so you don't kind of – you don't get in that in-sync kind of thing where you're waking up after that 40 – like after a good 40 minutes, it'll all be always be an incredibly interrupted sleep cycle. Master the shush part. Shush pat, okay. Master the shush pat. All right, so if you're up at night, baby's – been up either being fed or just crying and needs to be comforted nothing will make you curse god and angel and man more than comforting a child with a shush pat which is a gentle pat on the back with the noise and then it drifting off to sleep in your arms you leaning down softly to put it down and it waking up the second that it hits the mattress and repeating that about five times so yeah you really have to master the art of getting your child asleep to your arms but more importantly the pass off the handoff extricating your arms from the child before waking it up yeah the handoff is the all important um i think that the finding the position that your baby is gonna fall asleep in is probably not a good idea trying to insist that it's going to go to sleep in the in the crib or wherever it might be the designated sleeping position as soon as possible even if it means that bit of extra torture at the beginning mm-hmm. um which is much easier said than done that's good tip that's a, good to know so so work we out what yeah. you want first and push for that rather push than push for that but yeah, yeah. you won't you won't you through. won't like it's yeah, almost yeah, sure it's yeah, yeah. Very so <laughs> so we we go just we go just said push through and that's the yeah. first 10 days a lot of it is pushing through. Again, it's that unit thing where some of the things you can do is whoever is the least fatigued is take that newborn baby for a walk mm. for an hour, no matter what, no matter how mm-hmm. much it cries, no matter what it's doing, take it for an hour so it's far away that the parent yeah, the, can yeah, sleep sure, yeah. without listening and hearing it crying. Um, because, uh, uh, like, at my firstborn... Well, both my kids were fairly good sleepers. My second one was a genius from the start, but my firstborn was on London time, so she slept <laughs> quite well, but she slept, would sleep in the day and then be up all night, and that took 10 days probably to write itself, which is what we were told it would take, and that was a long 10 days because, you know, yeah, you just wow. everyone's sleep patterns go all over the shop. So at 4 o'clock in the morning, it'll be exhausting and the hardest thing you've ever wanted to do and there will be tears and there will be breakdowns but then you might have like a three hour nap in the afternoon and go for a walk as a family and you will just marvel at the beauty of nature and the smiles on on a on a child's face like all of that stuff is all happening at once it's like everything can i say thank you for that because i was getting pretty scared with everything there and then to bring it back with that felt a bit good no that sounds like yeah, well, there, there's a reason why people have more than one child. One kid. Like it's, <laughs> alcohol. Because the, <laughs> yeah, alcohol is good. The rhythm method. Catholicism. 
<laughs> but then there's a reason that there's a reason we didn't have a third child, and that was because um, of our second child. Yes. Yeah. I, I think the weirdest part about your child um, sleeping on London time too was that I remember you telling us when she cried, she would go ah, in there, ah, in there. <laughs> Yeah, all right, all right. Just wake up, just go. All right, Got any then. salmon? Lovely. Oh, God. <laughs> um, that, I thought of something else there with the sleeping, just because apparently that's Thank you for moving episode, on. That's what this episode is. Yeah, well, that needed to be done. I had a thought while you were saying that. I have started, we've, we're in that phase of nesting where we're making the house kind of like, just kind of unknowingly. Yeah, I was going to ask you about yeah, that. Yeah, and, and I, it just brought something up in my mind. I was thinking... With all that sleeping and tiredness that's going to happen, I realise I've started nesting to the point of making a lot of really comfortable places in my house, but now I'm starting to think that that might be too conducive to me falling asleep everywhere. <laughs> Do you think I should leave some uncomfortable seating in places or uncomfortable things? What, tax? No, no. Keep it as comfortable. What are you talking you, you'll about? You'll grab wherever you can. <laughs> wherever you can sleep. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah. The only other thing I'd really recommend is making sure both of you have an outlet. Um, okay. And Caitlin, this isn't to say. And this is the same. It's different. Every child is different, so I realize that. But um, I know that with our second, it was a hellscape, and I don't <laughs> think that we had that sufficient outlet. Our yeah. you know six week old, eight week old, who was just constantly screaming through the night. So, and I think Maddie hit the nail on the head. Being prepared to go for a walk at two o'clock in the morning for an hour, mm. an hour and a half, is often the the best way to try and alleviate some of that for both parties, like even the person going for the yeah. walk, it's yeah. much better than sitting down and just almost screaming at the child saying, why won't you just go to sleep? Because yeah. it gets to and that stage. You become yes. a very in- irrational, incoherent individual. And ignore yeah. the people looking out the curtains weirdly at you at two in the yeah. morning while you're yeah. scooching along with a pram. Well, that made me think too. Is that is that um, that thing I, that trope I always see on television that putting a, a baby in a car helps them sleep? Should I drive them around? I wouldn't when they're when they're really certainly not when they're newborn. It, that will depend on how much you've slept. Sure. How much yeah. yeah. Because I've, driv- I've driven. I've. I remember driving with my when my child not with the child in the car, but I remember driving. I don't know how many days old she was, maybe five or six days old, and I was driving. I was like, I should not be driving. I have not paid attention. I think it's, yeah, it's really uh, until you are getting regular sleep, it's driving only when you have to, you know? Yeah, fair. Monty, can I just ask, sorry, uh, how long are you having off once the baby's born? Yeah, I've I've got six weeks off to start with. Nice. Is that is that good? What are your thoughts on that? that? Is an, yeah, it's, that's amazing. I think that's an excellent yeah. time frame. Yeah, I yes. think I had two. And just remember that at the end of that six weeks, you're going back to work. Yeah. And that's going to be like a holiday. <laughs> yes. All right, so you need to keep that shit on the down low. All right. <laughs> <laughs> work your butt off for that six weeks because the holiday's coming, all right? Whatever happens, um, you're going home. Oh, you wouldn't have believed the shit fight there. I hate it. So oh, anything went babies. wrong. Everyone. Yeah. <laughs> no one was sleeping. Home. What can I do? <laughs> I had to drive two of my co-workers around all up and <laughs> um, All right. Well, look, we're running out of time in this episode, fellas. But just before we go, Monty and I were talking earlier about the moment you find out you're going to be a dad. Uh, and I was just wondering if any of you guys have any stories about any of the times you found out you were going to be a parent. You know, if you when you saw the test or your partner told you or 
or anyone else you know who has a amusing story in that area sorry i don't, I don't really have a memory or like of, of, of fine i have a memory of finding out both both times was very joyous but i do remember saying to justine i think we should uh have kids or i'd like to have kids uh and then she was like yeah i'm not ready and i was like yeah okay well let me know when you're ready and then I don't know, four months later, she said, I think I'm ready to have kids now. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm not ready. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty quick. <laughs> oh, crap. I haven't thought about it. But, yeah, sorry, yeah. Wigo, you were about to say something, I'm sure. Um, well, my experience was a little different to everyone else's in that I had only been in a relationship with the, um, the mother of my first child for approximately three months. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was... A shock. Sorry for context. For context for Monty and listeners, of course. <laughs> Ben's first child is not with his uh, current wife. It's with uh, an ex-partner. Correct. And, uh, yeah, she, she uh, as stated earlier, she'll be turning 20 this year, which is, um, yeah, pretty awesome. You know? She's a real fully fully grown adult can, doing adult <laughs> things. Can I, can I ask, was... Uh, her mother 20 when she had her? Yes. Oh, shit. <laughs> Why'd wow. you have to go and do that? Oh, I, I don't know. I just thought of it. <laughs> <laughs> just a thought. Wowzers. I don't. I think I probably knew that, but didn't probably didn't do the math. It hadn't occurred to me in, literally until you just said that she was 20, mm. and I was like, hang on. How does that make you feel, Pops? <laughs> yeah. Well, like, not not a day goes past where I don't think to myself, when my daughter calls me, is she calling me to tell me I'm going to be a grandfather? <laughs> wow. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, I guess it's that's, not- that's coming for everyone, isn't it? Jesus. Exactly. And, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a different podcast maybe, but um, it's... <laughs> Granddad pants. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, high pants. Yeah, Harry high pants. Yeah. Yeah. Plaid pants. Is that because she's been in a relationship for a while or not? No, I think it's just my... Um, Anxiety. My own sort of insecurities. <laughs> you know, thinking history's going to repeat itself, all that sort of stuff. In regards to the day that I found out that I was going to be a father, her mother basically just flat out said... I'm pregnant, and my response was, what are we going to call it? Oh. Oh. Good response. So I think it's probably one of my uh, more humanistic moments because I was a 20-year-old moron at that stage. (laughs) And, yeah, so to have that response, I don't think I was ready to be a father, but at least my brain didn't say something... (laughs) Horrific at that particular stage. I actually, said something. Do, that was do you mind? Do you mind me quite, telling a story just to wrap up here quickly? Is it about me? I'm just glad you didn't go. No, no, yeah, well, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Go. So, M- Monty and anyone who may be listening, you may appreciate this. So, at the time that, uh, around about the time that Ben was with this. Uh, ex-partner and going to have a baby etc he'd been living with matt in a house so ben had had to move out and went and lived with this partner but is this okay to tell ben (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, go for it. Okay. Oh, dear. But for how long? A couple of weeks? Matt? Oh, I'd say, yeah, at least six weeks. At least six weeks? Yeah. Okay, so for at least six weeks after moving out from the house he shared with Matt, Ben would keep coming over <laughs> at roughly the same time every day to drop a turd at nice. Matt's house because he didn't want, like he was embarrassed to have the smell uh, in the quite small apartment you are now living in with your partner. Is that correct, Ben? Very small apartment. <laughs> there weren't enough matches in the world. <laughs> it, seemed, it sounds like, you're like someone, a, a naive young person, these days would go online and ask the question to like a, a, a chat group or something of like, uh, my my girlfriend just be, just uh, found out she's pregnant. Uh, is it safe to, to, to near her in the early stages of pregnancy? But but you know I'm being a bit of a prick. Twenty years later, because I probably would have been exactly the same. You know I would have you know gone to a park probably. <laughs> When you, say, my, when you say when you say you're being a prick, what, what's wrong with that? I think that all sounds I think pretty. It, I think it indicates how, just how early in the relationship it was. <laughs> yeah. You can't yeah. shit in front of them, but yeah. you can have a child together. That's an yeah, interesting yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Well, I miss um, my friend as well. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> oh, really? All right. <laughs> you bet the toilet, of course. <laughs> let, let, sorry, we, let's just pause there and go. He missed his friend. Hey, go, Manny. All right, into the bathroom. All right. <laughs> Flush. See you later. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't remember Matt saying that there was much conversation. What about on. this? Here, I think this changes everything for me. How far were the two dwellings from each other? Hmm, Ten minutes. Okay. That makes it easier. If it was 45 minutes, it's weird. <laughs> 45 minute flight. I moved to Wollongong. Yeah, right. Uh, right. <laughs> Matthew was in Newcastle. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That makes it weirder. All right, Pants Panel, thank you so much for your help, Monty. I hope you feel more enlightened. More enlightened. We'll see everybody next time. Join us, talk to us, uh, send in questions, send in topics you think should be discussed. You know, if you are looking for a long-lost father, can we help with that? Oh, I guess so. Again, you're looking at me. I, I, I don't think I have that many illegitimate children around. Well, no, I didn't think if you're looking for a long-lost father and you assume it's one of us two, email us. Yeah, no, just no, generally. Just we'll if, set up yes, connections. We, we can, yeah, with what, our extensive reach. Maybe we could set up a kind of dad for a week scenario. All right. You, we're probably, uh, we need to workshop some of this stuff before we start talking, sure about, talking about it on the pod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.